NBA on NBC. What is up, everybody? This is Jim Mylock, and you're listening to Pod of Fame, the podcast where we break down the careers of former athletes and decide whether or not they should get a call to the hall. On today's podcast, we're talking about former MLB right fielder Roger Maris and whether or not he belongs in the Baseball Hall of Fame. And joining us in just a moment to discuss Maris's career and Hall of Fame candidacy is content producer at ESPN's morning show, Get Up, and New York Times bestselling author, Paul Hembo Hembakitis. But before we bring Hembo on, let's talk a little more about Roger Maris. So Roger Maris had a 12-year MLB career. And after you retired, he got on the Hall of Fame ballot and stayed on for all 15 years. You were eligible to stay on the Hall of Fame ballot back then. From 1974 to 1988, he was on the Hall of Fame ballot. He maxed out at 43.1% of the vote. He got that in 1988, his final year, um, which is, again, pretty far off the 75% threshold. And now it's up to the Veterans Committee to get Maris in the Hall of Fame. Um, Maris was a two-time AL MVP. He was a three-time World Series champ. He actually played in the most World Series games in the 1960s, uh, played in seven total World Series, uh, many with the Yankees and then a few with the Cardinals. He was a seven-time All-Star. And won one gold glove in right field. So he's a pretty good right fielder. Now, again, he only played 12 seasons, so he didn't accumulate, you know, that high of career stats. 1,325 hits, 275 home runs. That's good for 198th all time. 850 RBIs, 260 batting average with a 127 OPS plus and a 38.3 career war. Now, of course, Maris hit 60 home won home runs in 1961. That is his claim to fame. And that's why he's one of the most famous names in baseball history, despite not being in the Hall of Fame. But outside of leading the league in home runs in 1961, he also led the AL in RBIs in 1960 and 1961. He led the AL in war in 1960, the year before the 61 home runs. And as I said, he was a good right fielder. 39 career total zone runs by right fielder, that's 33rd all time. So great right fielder, you know, above average defensively, had some excellent peak seasons with the Yankees and played a ton of postseason baseball. But short career, you know, a few peak seasons followed by several, you know, above average seasons. Is that enough for the Hall of Fame? Hembo and I talk about all of that and much more. I mean, Hembo came in, hot, came in hot today, quizzing me half the time, loved it, the role reversal, but we have a great podcast for you today. Um, whether you strongly feel that Mary should not be in the Hall of Fame or should be in the Hall of Fame, and trust me, by the mentions in my Twitter when I announced this pod, I know everyone feels a certain kind of way about this. However you feel, I think Hembo and I did Mary's justice. I feel like we did the topic justice. We had a lot of fun in the process. So it is the week of Thanksgiving. You have a short week on your hands, so sit back, relax, enjoy today's podcast, have a great Thanksgiving, um, and hopefully this is kicking it off. So again, with the quick facts out of the way, let's bring on Hembo. All right, so I'd like to welcome to the podcast today, content producer of our ESPN's morning show, Get Up. And New York Times bestselling author of the book Got Your Number, Paul Hembo 
Hembakidis. Paul, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It is an honor. It is a pleasure. I've been a fan of your work for quite some time. I am looking forward to chopping it up today. I've been looking forward to chopping it up all day right now. I have lots of angry Yankees fans in my mentions because I said they should trade Garrett Cole this offseason. This is much more fun to talk about Roger Maris with someone that actually knows a little bit about sports history. So we're going to have a blast. Yes. So we are talking Roger Maris today. Um, someone who I was telling Hembo before we started, you know, this pod's been going on. We're, we're nearing 200 episodes now. Maris is someone you've been asking for for a while. Why not do it? Let's, let's end. Let's, we're getting close to the end of 2023. Let's do this right. Roger Maris is today's topic, his career, his Hall of Fame can see. Of course, we all know Roger Maris, 61 home runs. Um, he was a two-time MVP, seven-time All-Star, played in the most World Series games in the 1960s. He was in almost all, he was in all but three World Series, played for the Yankees and Cardinals there. But we're talking about his career Hall of Fame can see today. Maris was on the ballot all 15 years he was eligible. You, back in the day, you could be on for 15 years from set 1974 to 1988. Started with 21.4% of the vote. He maxed out at 43.1% in 1998, which is, again, far from 75%. So it's up to the Veterans Committee to get him in. Just for context, everyone, again, he maxed out at 43.1% in 1988. Fred McGriff, who was just selected by the Veterans Committee this year, he maxed out at 39.8% of the vote. So just want to put context there. But anyway, for Maris to get in, it will be up to the Classic Baseball Air Committee. Their next vote will be for the class of 2025. And just for those of you that are not aware of the recent changes to committees, the Classic Baseball Air Committee looks at any baseball player that really had the bulk of their career pre-1980. So we're talking over 100 years of baseball for this one committee to look at. So Roger Maris, um, to get in, it, it's it's a lot, um, but I think he has a lot going for him. So Hembo and I are going to talk about that today. So Hembo, uh, first question I ask all my guests, and I think a lot of people are going to have the same answer here, but I'm interested to see what you say here. First question to get you eased into this conversation. When Roger Maris comes up in conversation, you hear that name. What's the first thing that's come to your mind? 61. Period. New paragraph. 61 is about as indelible a number as any player has in any sport and I think you could even credibly argue that Roger Maris's 61 is even more attached to him than Joe DiMaggio's 56 because Joe DiMaggio had a legendary first ballot hall of fame type career in which we know he hit 325 with 361 homers and 369 strikeouts off the top of our heads like these are things that we know you ask someone that knows a little bit of something about baseball, the only thing they care to know about Roger Maris is that he hit 61 home runs in 1961. Um, it is obviously his claim to fame. It is one of the most significant events and milestones in the history of baseball. It, it occurred uh, amidst enormous criticism. It occurred amidst enormous um, uh, blowback from the league, from fans, from Mickey Mantle's fans and people that were in that media market. I mean, you, if you look at what Roger Maris accomplished that season, given the context of that season, it's really one of the most remarkable things that has ever happened in the history of baseball, in my opinion. Now, the reason I'm here talking with you today is because there's a lot more to Roger Maris's story than 61 in 1961. But the bottom line of it is, for as long as we care about this stuff, that number and his name will be attached until the end of time. So... I think we all assumed you were going to lead with this, but that 
as as Maris is, that number and him are tied together throughout history forever. I was thinking about this the other day. So baseball is is out of any sport, numbers matter more than anything. And people say, you know, steroids kind of blew that up, whatever. People memorize baseball numbers. You know, I don't think everyone knows Kareem had 38,387 points. I mean, I did as a kid, but I don't think most people knew that number, but people knew 61 for Maris. They know 56 for DiMaggio. They know 406 for Ted Williams. These are the numbers they know. I was trying, like, common, like, I'm, I don't want to say sound terrible, but my mom, right? My mom follows sports, but she doesn't follow sports if you catch my drip. She knows Roger Maris hit 61 home runs. And I was trying to think about this, Hembo, like, do you think Roger Maris in 61 is the most, maybe not most important number, but most recognized number, well-known number to everyone out there, the casual fan in, in baseball history, again, more than 755 for Hank Aaron, more than, again, 406 for Ted, 56 for Joe, 2,632 for Cal Ripken. Do you think 61 is the most, maybe not significant, but most well-known baseball number out there today? So I, for a totally separate project, did a ranking of the top 10 most indelible baseball statistics. And you've already hit on some of them. But I'm going to say the number. Okay. I didn't even tell you I was going to do this, because, but I am Sneaky Hembo, and so the trivia is what I'm best known as. So you're just going to have to play along with me or kick me off your All own right. podcast. Some of these you've already mentioned, some of these you've not. But I'm going to say the number, and you're going to tell me what it is. The sure. first, and I'm going to go in order for my list. Number one is okay. 56. Uh, DiMaggio. Number two is 61. Maris. Number three is 2130. 2130. Oh, Garrick. Number four is 1.12. 1. 1.12. 1. Shit. You doing you January 12th? Oh, that. oh, Bob Gibson. I was thinking dates. Bob Gibson. I'm sorry. Bob Gibson. 3,000 on the dot. Oh, Clemente. 406. You already mentioned. Ted Williams. 5.11. Cy Young. 7.14. Babe Ruth. 7.55. Hank Aaron. And number 10 on my list is seven, which is a little generic, but I have seven as Nolan Ryan's career no hitters. I don't know that you were oh. going to get that because it's so it's such a lower, more generic number. I don't know if I would have got that. You should have gave me five seconds, but I don't know if I would have got that. Seven could have yeah, been a lot. Either way, yeah, seven could have been any number of things, but I think that's a number that's attached to him more than 57-14, regardless of, of where you stand on my list. The bottom line of it is that's what I view. Like That's my opinion of, of the most indelible numbers of its kind. I think I would also consider 1815. Well, first of all, 1815. Do you know? What would you say? Uh, I'm sorry. Say it again. The number 1815, 1815. I bet you can get this. Oh, nope. you know it. It's the number of hits know. that Stan Usual had both at home and on the road. Oh, my God. I know you know it. I know I you knew know that. It. But look, you're making my point for me. Like, baseball is a sport for which we hold numbers so close to us, so yes. dearly. And the reason I think Maris' 61 is number two only behind DiMaggio's is because of what it meant in the culture. DiMaggio's number is the most enduring record of its kind. And sure. if it if it had been passed a few times at this point, the way that Roger Maris' 61 had been, perhaps those numbers would be flipped on my list. But the reason that you know Maris and 61, I think, are, are walking on parallel tracks and will forever is, like I said, it's what he's best known for by a long shot. Like, if you were, go to a ball game, like this is an idea I actually had for a clothing line, which I'm sure some someone will steal and make money off of. That's not me. 
But like, I love the idea of a baseball clothing line with just these numbers that I just gave you. 56 with the navy blue shirt with a white Yankee font. Everyone in the world would know yeah. that. And that's yes. why I think what, what Maris did is so extraordinary because it was 61 and it was in 1961. And the, and the single season home run record was the most hallowed in sports, in my judgment, by a long shot. And it was a Yankee doing in the house that Ruth built just to add, you know, the cherry on top. And Hembo, the, the list you had, one, I love you in my opening segment, turning it on me to quiz me because I oh. usually throw quizzes at people. So love that. Oh, my God. I love that. Um, but but two, just just for the listeners, think of the list we just went through with Hembo. Those are all not just Hall of Famers that were on that list with Maris, but like the all time pantheon greats here that you don't even need, you know, first and last name. It's it's Aaron. It's DiMaggio. Like. That's the company. And again, Maris is the outlier there in total career, but in terms of baseball history, significance and kind of association with a number, he is number two on that list. And, and but I'd love to go through that list more and kind of maybe re-rank a few things, but you got all the, mm -hmm. you got all the key numbers there. You got all the numbers yeah. there. So that's the genius of baseball. That's the beauty of baseball. And that is the outlier. That is Roger Maris. Exactly. Um, let's move to our next segment here. We call this that memorable moment. And we might kind of tackle maybe some of the problems with Maris's candidacy, but his most memorable moments, obviously six hitting 61 homers. It's that 1961 season. Um, and this is a part of the segment where we usually talk about, you know, a famous play, playoff series, season, whatever. We know what Her Maris's most memorable moment is. And this is maybe where other people are like that maybe don't like Maris or don't want him in the Hall of Fame. Someone on Twitter in their profile the other day when I mentioned we were doing this said in his profile, it says Roger Maris is not a Hall of Famer. That's a very specific niche to, to be in a corner to be in. But um, regardless of that, that is something like, you know, he has the back to back MVP seasons. He has the 61. Um, and that's what he kind of, you know, hangs his hat on as he should. But what else does he have? So, Hembo, if I asked you outside of that 61 season, what would you consider his second most memorable moment? Or, or what about Maris really sticks out to you? So, to me, the most important thing by a long shot about Roger Maris is 61. But the second most important thing about Roger Maris that does not get nearly enough attention is 1960. I bet you there is a majority of people within the sound of our voices that don't know that Roger Maris was the MVP of the league in 1960 and was better in 1960, at least yes. in terms of his war value, than yep. he was in 1961. Over that two-season span, Roger Maris was about as good as, as could be. I did a little research for you because I just could not help myself, so I'm going to give you two lists. The Let's first list I'm going to give you is the entire list of players to hit 100 homers over a two-season span through the year 1961. 100 mm -hmm. homers over a two-season span. Unless you want to guess it, I'll give you the list. What do you say? Say it one more time back to me. 100, 100 home homers over two-season span through 1961. Four? There are a total of four, including Maris. Oh, and hell those... yeah. Is it Jimmy Fox, Babe mm -hmm. Ruth, mm -hmm. Lou, Lou Gehrig, Hack Wilson? Uh, 1949 and 1950 Kiner Ralph Kiner that's uh, the list all right so yeah. through the 1961 season that is the entire list of players to hit 100 homers over any two season span I'm going to give you one more list and this okay. list 
are players that hit 100 homers across a two-season span in which they won the MVP in both. And that list is even shorter. It's Roger Marison, 60 and 61. And then he's sandwiched between Jimmy Fox, the aforementioned, in 1932 and 33, and Barry Bonds in 2001 and 2002. Like, we're talking about veritable baseball royalty when it comes to home run hitters. Now, when it comes to the Hall of Fame conversation, which we'll have later on, there's obviously a lot more layers to that onion. What I'm trying to demonstrate, though, is that Roger Maris's peak has been overshadowed by Roger Maris's 1961 season, and the 1961 season was only half of his peak. Roger Maris in 1960 and 61, having won both of those MVPs with a far more beloved Yankee on his team, is pretty special stuff. And I think when you're talking about a player's peak value and a player's impact when it comes to their Hall of Fame candidacy, that is often way overshadowed by merely the fact that he had hit 61 home runs. If Roger Maris had hit 59 home runs that season and still won the MVP, pardon me wonders if we look back on his career in totality more flatteringly because we wouldn't be so obsessed with that one single number. Yeah, uh, and to your point of not many people within earshot are going to know he won back-to-back MVPs. Even less probably know that you know he played for the Cardinals near the end of his career. He made a couple World Series with them. And in the 1967 World Series with, you know, Gibson on the mound, just dominating right before that 1.12 ERA season we talked about earlier, him and Lou Brock were the best hitters on that team. And in that World Series, he hit 385 with a homer and seven RBIs for the Cardinals. So I don't think people realize, yes, he was on the Yankees and all those World Series teams, but then later in the decade goes to the Cardinals, has great success with them as well. Obviously, he's not an MVP candidate or anything like that, but comes up in big spots all not talked about because the 61 overshadows everything else. Let's put 61 in a little bit more perspective because I'm just firing off trivia questions without even asking you at this point. Here's what I looked into. All right. This is like, you asked me to come on the pod. So you're going to get the full hembo. I, I, I love this. Keep from, going. From, Do not from stop. 19, from 1962, the year after Maris hit 61 okay. through 1994. So basically from, from Maris until the advent of the steroid era. So we're talking mm-hmm. about 33 seasons. Yep. Only three players even hit 50 home runs in a season over those 33 years. Oh, I have the names in front of me, but do you want to take a shot at it? I do. Okay. Cecil Fielder hit yes. 51. In Why is that the first one I'm coming to mind? But You're Cecil Fielder absolutely sick of human um, being. I, that is disgusting. That was also the first name to come in. God. Oh my God. My um, wife would hate I, that we're friends. I feel like Willie Mays was before that when he hit 50. So not Willie. Okay. I'm, I don't want to spend forever here. So I'm going to give just two <laughs> shots in the dark. Um, see, Stargell never did. By the way, Willie is correct. I'm going to let, I'm going to give it to you. Willie Mays hit 52 in 1965. He did. Okay. I thought that might've been earlier. Okay. So Willie Mays, him. I'm, give, I'm giving you 10 Reggie seconds Jackson to get Jackson never did it. Right. Reggie Jackson never did it. 10 seconds to get number three. It'll be 10 seconds from here on. From I don't right want now. to do a bad, uh, think nah, your best I shot. Got it. Bunch of guys at 49. The answer is George Foster, actually, in 1977. Oh, God, see, I would have never, I could have racked my brain all day. Is that the year he won MVP? Uh, he did so in 1977. He won the MVP in 1977. Yes, that's exactly right. So, okay, okay. what I want to, wow. I'm just merely using that as an example. It's like 61 is freaking enormous. It is a number that yes. quite literally in the annals of a 150-year sport has been done three times by players that were not cheating, okay? And so, like, I understand that people are going to point to his career war total 
But so long as we show like the sort of sacred respect that we should to that number, I'm good with it. But 61 is the kind of thing that in my judgment puts him at the very top of any food chain. No, and I absolutely agree. Hembo, I do want to move on before you sneak in another quiz here. Um, Let's go to the next segment. We call this and twins. And what we do in and twins is we look at Cooperstown today. We look at who's in shrine today. And there's never identical twins, but we go either by style of play, strictly numbers, or usually it's a combination of both. Who's the closest twin today in Cooperstown to Roger Maris? I have someone down. I match with my guests maybe once out of every 10 times. I'll be interested to see if we match today. I guarantee you we are not going to match today. I have in my head who you are going to say. I'm not going to give it away. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. Okay, go ahead. I'm going outside the box for all three of these. So I'm going to give you a name. I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to give you my rationale and then you're going to tell me why I'm wrong. Okay. Yeah. And none of them are position players. Okay. Okay? That's fine. The first is Sam McDowell. Okay. Okay. Sam McDowell, a 15 year career, 42 war. He had a 325 strikeout, eight war, 1965 season, a 304 strikeout, eight war, 1970 season. And yet did not get a single vote for the hall of fame. Why is that? Well, there are a lot of reasons for that. But obviously the peak value, oh, excuse me, the, the, the peak value was there having two really legendary all-time great pitching seasons that are often overshadowed. Obviously he is not the celebrity that Roger Maris was, but a 15 year career in 42 war obviously doesn't come close to reaching the career, uh, the career value threshold that you get to the hall of fame. The reason I went with Sam McDowell though, is because he had these spasms of greatness around an otherwise sort of anonymous and sort of ordinary career. And so I think Sam McDowell is someone who had these excellent seasons that never mm-hmm. gets mentioned. Now, obviously, uh, Roger Maris is extremely famous for all the reasons that we talked about before. But I think Sam McDowell is a decent comp to Roger Maris, who I think has no good position player comp. What say you? Wait, who's my guess? I want you. Who am I going to say? You're going to say Ralph Kiner. I think you're going to no, say Ralph Kiner. No, 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 no. That was, a, that was like a 1C, but that's not who I'm saying. You got any more guesses before I tell you who I'm saying? Um... Who else did you gotta I go back more? a little further? You got to go back a little oh, further. Cause I was going to guess Dale Murphy, but if I have to go back even further, I don't have anyone. I don't have anyone further back than those two guys. Okay. So uh, give, me a, give me a, give me a team. Give me a, so I'm, 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 a, I'm a Chicago guy. So Chicago. Is it, is it Hack Wilson? It is Hack Wilson. Okay. So that's not, Hack Wilson's not, is, is not a bad one. Obviously with the RBI. It's actually a good one. Uh, so, the so R, the RBI record, so, right? So Hembo, yeah. a couple things here has the RBI record, right? That one, record that pretty good. again i don't think rbis are as nice as home runs but he pretty also mm-hmm. held the national league home run record from that year 56 home runs until mcguire and sosa beat it in 98 when they beat maris so it was hack wilson in nl roger maris in al both were broken same exact year and also 38 career war that's a really good one dude yeah so it's almost again go before maris but this is a guy who had a peak season he did not win mvp in 30 because Everyone, there was financial strains and the base, they didn't have enough money to give out an MVP because it was a cash prize. So there was no official MVP, but the Baseball Rights Association gave him an unofficial MVP. Yeah. So, you know, Maris has the two MVPs. Hack Wilson probably has one unofficial MVP. Their wars are almost identical. Everyone knocks on Maris's, you know, career stats, right? He doesn't, mm-hmm. he only has 275 home runs and things like that. 
but he has more home runs than Hack Wilson. RBIs, he's a little behind. But War is about the same. He was a much better fielder than Hack. The thing Hack has is his like his rate numbers are, are very good. He's a 307 career batter, almost a 400 on base, and a 144 OPS. But, and it's not really against Hack, there was no all-star game yet. You MVP, they were only giving out one really during your career. There was no gold gloves, which he wouldn't have won. Maris has other accolades, but I'm going to tell you right now. Maris is, what, 10 times more famous than Hack Wilson's name? Uh, Yeah, 100 times. 20 times more, 100 times more? I don't know Hack Wilson's number, Hembo. I'm a Chicago guy. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what his number Um, was. Yeah, uh, (laughs) I'll tell you what. Hack Wilson is a great one um, for all the reasons that you articulated. I'm going to give you... um, Honestly, like that's that's a way better one than I just provided you. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you numbers two uh, number two here yeah. and see how you respond. Okay, my my second best comp uh, or my number two comp for Roger Maris is Pete Maravich. Pete oh Maravich, God, I love played it. eleven seasons. Yes, four time all B- all NBA, won a scoring title. You say Pete Maravich and people have an opinion. You say Pete Maravich and people say Pistol Pete. You say Pete Maravich and people think of a legend, right? Um, Pete Maravich was not that. He's 126 all-time in scoring. He had a pretty ordinary career in all honesty. Like he, His numbers are always less impressive than I expect when I go to his basketball reference page. But he has the kind of celebrity that Roger Maris had. Obviously, he didn't do it for very long, like Maris did not do it, and had like a, a peak that you would say was pretty extraordinary offensively. But you know the sort of back of the baseball card, for lack of a better term, definitely does not add up to a Hall of Fame player. Now, obviously, the threshold in basketball is very different. But what do you think about Pete Maravich? I love that. I mean, anytime you're talking about someone that drops 68 points in a game, I'm 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 a big fan. Um, obviously, Hembo, you already pointed out, which I think a lot of my listeners roughly know, right? Basketball is just a lot easier to get in. Of course. Um, because because that's the whole thing with Cooperstown, right? Which we'll get into in a second. But you know, Maris has two MVP trophies in NBA history. Every MVP trophy winner who's eligible is in. Derrick yeah. Rose will test that down the line, but right now every MVP is in. A two timer, of course, he's in. I mean. Basically, if you win finals MVP, you're in unless you're Chauncey Billups or Maxwell Cornbread or Cornbread Matt. Yeah. Cornbread himself out mm-hmm. of Boston. It's just different here. Now, that doesn't change that this kind of super well-known name. I, I would think most people think Maravich's career was better than it was. And and, and, I don't, and, and, and and again, I would almost say, I don't know if I want to say the opposite or not for Maris. I feel like if you know a lot about baseball, I think Maris's career was maybe better than you think, actually. I think if you don't know a lot about baseball, Maris's career is probably underwhelming. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's good. I think you have that right. And and similarly, my third player is Sean Alexander. I think there are some similarities oh, between Roger yes! Maris and Sean Alexander, two people that have never been compared oh my gosh. to will be again. No, but, you're dead on. So, so he played nine years. He ranks outside of the top 30 in rushing, but absolutely went eight you know, bleep in 2005, 1,880 yards and 27 tuds after a season in which he ran for 1,696 yards. That's about as good a two season span as you're going to get for a back. He won the MVP of the league once had the great two year run. His teams enjoyed success during his prime. Didn't play for that long. Doesn't have the kind of name recognition that Roger Maris does. I think he's unlikely to get in the hall of fame, even though since we put Terrell Davis in, we might as well just put anybody in. But you know what I'm saying. I think Sean Alexander is a good comp for Roger Maris. Not as good as Hack Wilson, but perhaps as good at, and probably better than Sam McDowell and comparable to Pete Maravich. Okay, you know what? I kind of 
I like the Terrell Davis one maybe better, actually, you just brought up. Because he is in the Hall. Again, we're talking about people in the Hall of Fame. He is in the Hall of Fame. He has, what, two great years, three great years in Denver. The mm-hmm. MVP season, the Super Bowl MVP, over 2,000 yards. So I, I love the running back, Tom. Because running yeah. backs, that's the difference, right? In the NFL, though, it's appreciated nowadays that running backs have these four or five peak seasons. Baseball, it's all about longevity, unless you're mm-hmm. Sandy Koufax, right? Or you're Ralph Kiner. And even Ralph Kiner, you brought him up earlier. That guy, to me, shouldn't have had to fight to get in the Hall of Fame, but I don't believe he got into the 14th vote. Yeah, He led the he led the league in home run like eight years in a row or something like that, or seven yeah. years. Like, that, mm-hmm. I think that guy should be in. You, you seem a little hesitant on Ralph Kiner. No, I, I'm in on Kiner being a Hall of Famer, groomed by Hank Greenberg and Greenberg's Gardens. I think that... um. I think Kiner belongs in the Hall of Fame because his peak value exceeds. Like, I think it's actually harder to be as great as he was for as long as he was than it is to be really good over 15 or 20 years. You know, like his. I agree. R- Ralph Kiner's prime, I mean, he's he was laying waste to the National League. And I think one of the reasons why it took him so long to get in is because for some reason, Branch Rickey just hated him, right? And Branch Rickey carried so much. You know this. I mean, people listening, I think, I think we're yes. just absolute nerds, but like, Branch Rickey's opinion carried so much weight at that time. And so the fact that he just so publicly denounced Roger, uh, Ralph Kiner and, and his hitting style and his style of play and his defense and all these things, when in reality, this guy was an absolute offensive monster that you can build any great team around. All right, Hembo, we got to get going here. We're going to our final segment. We call this court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. And we've been doing this throughout a little bit, pros, cons for for Maris's Hall of Fame case. But I have some questions I want to run you through really quick here before we get into some other topics. So my first question to you is, again, it's called the Hall of Fame, right? Fame, fame, fame is in the title of what we're putting him in, Cooperstown Hall of Fame. Maris, as we've talking about, very famous. I think most casual fans probably just assume Maris is in the Hall of Fame already. I think that's, right. that's one mm-hmm. of the main people like, you're like, wait, what do you mean he's not in? Like, I get that a lot still from people, I feel like, follow sports. And here's my question to you, Hembo. Excluding players that are, like, banned from Cooperstown, like Rose, Shoeless Joe, or unofficially banned, like Bonds, Clemens, do you think Maris is the most famous, well-known baseball player not in the Hall of Fame today? I mean, if you're going to exclude steroid guys, I think yes. the answer is it's probably yes. Um because nobody in baseball history has has their claim to as much fame as he is. I mean, off the top of my like, I don't think he's like I put together a different list again for a totally separate project in which I and I can share it with you now if you'd like. But it's basically ten baseball players or ten should be Hall of Famers that are better than you remember. But that's not mm. at all. That's not at all I the like way that. that you would. That's not at all the way that you would describe Roger Maris though, because Roger no. Maris was was exactly what you remember. And in some cases, he was and the ways in which he was different from what you remember are your fault, not his, right? So um, I think in terms of just fame, if you're looking at just celebrity, if you ask pay- baseball fans now, the answer is probably yes. I'm guessing like in the 1950s or 60s, when there was a smaller subset of baseball players historically and some maybe players of yesteryear that you might assume were in that weren't in, or at least took a while to get in. But if you ask the average baseball fan now, like if you just went into New York City and just asked a bunch of people, is Roger Maris in the Hall of Fame? More than half of them would guess yes. All right. So Maris, we talked about already. Back-to-back MVP awards, 1960, 1961. Hembo, how many two-time or more MVP champions are not in the Hall of Fame today that are eligible? So like Mike Trout doesn't count. He's not eligible yet. But you're eligible for the Hall of Fame. 
You have two or more MVP trophies. Roger Maris obviously is one of them. How many others are there? I'm going to guess that there are there are no more than half a dozen. I mean, there are definitely some, but I'm going to guess three. something. There's okay, so can I, can I guess them? Guess them. So yeah, I, please do. I, Dale Murphy won two, didn't he? He's there. Yep. Did Juan Gonzalez win two? He did. RBI monster Juan Gonzalez. There's one more. And there's this, this one's this one this one's very easy. This one is a uh he's the not easiest. in because of this is the easiest one. Pete two Rose? or more no, no, MVPs. No, 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 no. Okay. Two or more MVPs not in the Hall of Fame. Oh Eligible. Bonds? Yes, Bonds. Oh, Seven. okay. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I, so I, you know. so let's put Bonds out of the conversation. That, yeah, that's he ruins not, everything. That's different. He ruins yeah, everything. Juan Gon, Dale Murphy, Roger Maris. How do you rank those guys? Like best uh, to worst? What G- Gonzalez is third. He's the worst. Okay. Um, Dale Murphy a, versus Roger Maris for remarkably me. overrated player. Um, that's a great question. So, uh, so are you talking about their Hall of Fame candidacy, or are you just Hall saying, of like, Fame? Like, like I'm like Hembo. You have a you're, for some reason you are now the commissioner of who's getting in, and you can let yeah. one of these guys in, Maris or Murphy. I do. So, I do hope to someday have a vote. I would put Marison over Dale Murphy, and I know that okay. I know that the people. No, there's nothing that old men that lived in the 1980s like telling me more than Don Mattingly and Dale Murphy were great, right? Um, and they were. Um, Dale Murphy is not is to me uh, lesser than Roger Maris because if you look at their careers in totality, I think they're very comparable. But Dale Murphy didn't accomplish anything as ten to ten percent as important as what Roger Maris did in 1961. Um, and so I would say that Maris is at the top of that heap. Okay. This is my last question in a row here for you. Okay, Maris is not in the Hall of Fame, obviously. There's a lot of great Yankee players not in the Hall of Fame today that I think some Yankee fans would be like, oh, I would want him in over him or so-and-so. Do you believe Roger Maris is the best Yankee? Not Clemens, don't include Clemens, but best Yankee not in the Hall of Fame today. And I can give you some names if you don't want to jog your own memory. Like there's Thurman Munson, there's Don Mattingly. Um, there's really Randolph. There's Andy Pettit. So there, there's one guy that you've not named that is Bernie better than Williams. Roger. There's one guy that you still Bissata. not named. There's one guy that you've still not named that is better than Roger Maris that I would put Elson in the Hall Howard. of Fame. No. Oh my gosh. He played who, at a position. Who, who am I missing? He played. He played in a criminally underrepresented. Oh, Greg Nettles. Greg Nettles. Okay. So Greg Nettles had 68 war. You can count on one hand at most the number of the players that played that position better than he did. And he hits better than people remember him hitting. Nettles is a stud. Like Greg Nettles almost doubled Roger Maris in terms of his career value. Um, If we're going to put Scott Rowland in the Hall of Fame, I I think Nettles is absolutely Mm -hmm. someone that could be in consideration for that. Okay, so you got Nettles over Maris. Anyone else, or do you think no. Maris is the second best Yankee now in the Hall? No, of I, th- Fame? I think that I think I would ha- I would take Maris over Mattingly, even though everyone around here would yell at me for that, which is totally fine because I'm right and they're wrong. Um, I would say Maris when you consider the the when you bake into the heat the importance of 61 and the peak value. I'd have him. I'd have Nettles, Maris, and then everybody else. Okay. One of the last things I want to do with you, Tilly. Before I get to final verdict, usually for most pods, what I try to do is I, I always look at contemporaries too, like who was playing in the league at the time, because we can compare against Hack Wilson all we want or someone playing today, but Dale Murphy. But it's good to look at during the air, like how was Maris looked upon? So I was looking at just best outfielders of the 1960s, and oh my gosh, is it just a, a candy store of all-time greats here. But I'm going to go through these names, and I want you, I'm going to name them, and if you think... Maris is better. Say Maris. If you don't, 
say the name of the player I'm okay. saying. So for instance, and I won't, Mickey, I won't look up, yeah, I won't look up any numbers. So don't look up anything. It's going to be just like straight up first yeah. impression, right? So for okay. instance, like first one's Mickey Mantle. You're going to say Mantle, I assume. Right. Yeah. Okay. Frank Robinson. Robinson. Al Kaline. Kaline. Call you Shemsky. Uh, Shemsky. Oh my gosh. Ustremsky. Willie Mays. Mays. Hank Aaron. Aaron. Roberto Clemente. Clemente. Billy Williams. Williams. Willie Stargell. Stargell. Lou Brock. Brock. Frank Howard. Maris. Jimmy Wynn. Maris. Vada Pinson. Maris. Kurt Flood. Ooh, Kurt Flood. Ooh, yeah. Kurt Flood, was, Kurt Flood is an unbelievably <laughs> underrated yes, player. Yes, he Kurt, is. I got to do a pot on a, him soon. He's yes. an absolutely phenomenal He's another, Hembo, he's another one, right, that it gets overshadowed what happened with free agency yeah. and his career just, no one cares about it. I mean, that guy caught everything in center yes. field. And then final one, Willie Davis. Uh, I would take Maris over Davis. I would have to look once. The only person that I'm sort of waffling on is Billy Williams, but I'll stand by Williams over Maris. That's that's my. Do you, do you disagree fundamentally with any of my answers? No, I think you're right. So so that has him at twelfth. Twelfth. One of the uh, and, and again, maybe I forgot someone, but I don't think I did. I did the no. homework here. So the twelfth best outfielder of the 1960s, and and I again like, yes, he's the twelfth. But again, look at those names ahead of him. Like mm-hmm. those guys are all Hall of Famers. They're all names you know. I don't think him being 12th is a detriment to him, but at the same time, you can't put every outfielder, you know, from a given air, right? And I usually right. have a, a rule of thumb, like in any given decade or air, you know, I like to look at the top five at a position. Again, I didn't specify right fielder here. I probably should have, but yeah, he's outside the top 10. You can't let everybody in. But again, I'm not too mad about any of those names that are better than him. I, no. I, like, I where do you you're... land there? Yeah, I land at a place where, um, like, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s is a time with rich baseball history in terms of the all-time greats, you know? And so, while I think it's important to compare uh, players to contemporaries, it's also not fair to penalize them for playing, you know, across or alongside immortality either, right? So I think it's always better to judge a player on their merits while comparing them to their peers, but at the same time, not penalizing them if they happen to be unlucky at a time in which they came along. Like, I think Sam Crawford was awesome. It just so yes. happens he shared an outfield with Ty Cobb. Like, there are any number of examples like that in baseball history. I think Hal Newhouser is overrated because he shoved during the war, right? There's always the context. I think Roger sure. Maris's career, though, is such that it's hard to penalize him for playing outfield during the 1960s because we're talking about quite possibly the greatest decade in the history of baseball when it comes to that position. Yeah. Okay. Last quiz question for you before we get to final verdict here. One of the knocks on Maris um, is kind of his career numbers, but part of it is he didn't play that many games, right? He had a very yeah. short career, 1,463. So I was looking, like, how many Hall of Famers played under 1,500 games? And there's there's not that many. Now oh, I'm gonna yeah, exclude yeah. I'm gonna exclude the 1,800s because that's they the seasons were shorter. So since 1,900 to today, how many Hall of Famers? Played under fifteen hundred games, and not pitchers, of course. So position. Yeah, of players. course. I mean, I mean, yes. If you give give me the number, and then see how many guys I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, I would <laughs> guess like a, I would guess between half a dozen and a dozen, but not more than that. You're you're eleven. Okay. Can you what what names do we got here? Like like names that come to mind for me are um, Roy Campanella. Yep. Um, how many did Kirby Puckett play fewer than that? He played more. 
He he played more than that. Yep. Okay. I'm thinking about. Hey, Hembo, let me help you out here. Um, Jackie Robinson. No, no, no. Yes. No one I'm going to talk about played, started their career later than 1949. Oh my God. So, okay. So, so, so that, that's what I'm talking about. Like it's, it's all okay. people from the past. <laughs> We're throwing it back back. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I mean, Ralph Kiner Any, might be on that list, right? Yeah, Ralph Kiner's on here. Um, this is man, this is hard. This is good though. Um, there's gonna, there's probably gonna be. You've named, you've said some of these names throughout this podcast. Uh, I'm thinking this is gonna, this, this will be tough to do off the top of my head, but yeah. Are, are there any other? Are there any more Negro Leagues players? Um, Monte Irvin. Monte Irvin. Okay, yeah, Monte Irvin. I could have gotten. That's a good one. And yeah. and, and and that and so it's just some other big names. You know, Hank yeah. Greenberg. You mentioned earlier. He's on here. Yep. Hack Wilson, who I talked about earlier, yeah. on here. But then again, yeah, I mean, these are it had that the, my point here is you have to go really far back. So even Maris, by the time Irvin retired in 1956, Maris was starting his rookie season the next year. Yeah. So basically the hall historically has looked down upon anyone playing under 1500 games. And again, I don't think it's the games as much, it's just their statistics don't accumulate high enough mm-hmm. for them to be happy about it. Yeah. That's right. All right. So final verdict, Tembo. So this is how this works. Um, I ask you two questions and then I answer them after you. So the two questions you are, you know, do you think Roger Maris belongs in the Hall of Fame? Would you vote him in? And then my second question to you is, do you think Roger Maris will get into the Hall of Fame in the next 50 years? The answer to the first question, despite the fact that I'm pulling his virtues for the last hour, is no. If someday I'm fortunate enough to be on a committee that gets to decide whether or not a human being is or isn't a Hall of Famer, I couldn't, with a with a straight face and good conscience, put Roger Maris in because I'm more of a small hall guy. I think the standard by which you need to achieve in terms of your career career success and value is just higher than what he accomplished. And so it's why I was so averse to Tony Larusa bullying Harold Baines's way into the Hall of Fame. It's why I think we should at least hold some approximate thresholds in our brains about it. What Roger Maris did is extraordinary. And if you've ever been to the Hall of Fame, and I'm sure you have, you've gone through the the, the museum, which is different than the gallery. Yes. And you've seen that Roger Maris is celebrated there as well he should be. But I couldn't put Roger Maris into the Hall of Fame with the great with immortality, with the greatest players that have ever lived, merely because of 61. Because if he had hit 59 home runs that season, you and I are not having today's podcast. You and I are not doing any any conversation like this because Roger Maris has become a sort of a footnote in history. Um, he's been in in, in history's sort of uh, I don't know rhetorical dustbin, unfortunately, because the magic of the number, despite its significance to me doesn't by itself get him in and it would basically have to, in my opinion. And so that's why Roger Maris is a no. What do you say? So I do not think either. I'm glad you brought up the museum part. There's, there's stuff about Roger Maris in Cooperstown. I think people get really hung on like, you got to tell baseball history. Like, how can you not like, I was surprised when I went to Cooperstown, there's stuff on Barry Bonds. There's like the stuff's in there. It's just not in where the plaques are. Yeah. And, and Hembo, what, what I finally got down to, right, is if I was trying to write Maris's plaque, what, what would I say? I, I would say, yes, he hit the 61 home runs, of course. And then I would talk about his back-to-back MVPs. I could probably talk about his World Series. He was in a lot of World Series in the 1960s. But I feel like I'm missing a sentence or two in that plaque because I don't know what else I would really hit on. I, I wouldn't hit on any of the career numbers. I would hit on the MVPs, 
to 61, maybe the World Series appearances, and it'd be a very short plaque. And I think that's where I got stuck. So uh, I, I mean, no. I would quote Babe Ruth. I would quote, quote Babe Ruth when he said 60, count them 60. Let's see some other son of a bitch match that. <laughs> there you go. So so I'm a no on my end. And then do I think he'll yeah. ever get in or in the next mm-hmm. 50 years? I, I don't. Because again, the number's now been broken. I mean, Judge has passed it. You know, of course, all the steroid stuff kind of muddled it a little bit. If he hasn't got in yet, he's like, nothing's changing moving forward. If anything, that 61 is going to be more and more irrelevant and not as important as it was when I was growing up. I mean, I knew that number like hard because 98, that home run chase. I mean, Maris uh-huh. was talked about. His family was there all the time. I was eight years old. I was like, this is one of the first old timers I'm hearing about. That's not going to happen again. And so, so if it hasn't happened yet, I don't think it's happening down the line. What about you? I think if it's going to happen in the next 50 years, it's going to happen in the next 10 because, because Mm. of Aaron judge. Right. So, Mm. so Kiner has a pretty high profile family that still kind of carries on his legacy. Obviously those, they were, they were doing media and they were in the stadium last year when Aaron judge passed him and all that stuff. And I I do wonder if, if Aaron judge hitting it, uh, hitting 62, presumably clean kind of puts Roger Maris like back in the consciousness from that standpoint. If I had to guess, like my gut would say that he never gets in or at least doesn't in the next 50 years. But I do think it it would not stun me if in the next five to 10, when his name comes up and, and Aaron Judge himself, like his candidacy for mm. the Hall of Fame someday becomes a thing when you and I are doing that podcast in 15 years. You do wonder if like the recirculation of that at some point, you know, those 12 people in that room, they wind up, eight of them wind up uh, modifying their opinion to such an extent that we do put them in. And I want to make clear. The Hall of Fame would not be a worse place if Roger Maris was in it. There are some players no. um, that are in there right now for whom the Hall of Fame is absolutely a worse place because they're in it. Roger Maris is not among them. Um, I would, I, I would never I, fight it. Never. Never in a million years because you and I know and treasure history and that number more than practically anything that has ever been accomplished in the game of baseball. All right, Hembo. Roger Maris' podcast is done. That was a lot of fun. We really <laughs> appreciate you coming on. Before we get you out of here, anything you want to quickly plug here at the end? Yes. I mean, if you are so inclined uh, to uh, content like this, then you'll probably like the book that I wrote. Um, Mike Greenberg and I wrote a book entitled Got Your Number. Um, it is 100 chapters, 100 athletes. In mo- well, in most cases, it's 100 chapters on people in sports um, that we view own each number, one through 100. The most common piece of feedback I've gotten since it came out in April was my dad loved it. <laughs> so if you have a dad that loves sports uh, and you'd be so kind as to purchase that, I guarantee you, you'll learn a lot. And based upon all the feedback that we have gotten, he'll probably like it a lot too. So I appreciate you giving me the chance to plug it. And as a spoiler alert, Roger Maris is chapter 61. Guys, Christmas is right around the corner. Um, Perfect stocking stuffer for dad or someone in your family that loves sports. Hembo, I can't wait to dig into it myself, but thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Really enjoyed it. And hopefully not too many Yankee fans come after us following this podcast, but I hope you have a great rest of your day, buddy. And uh, hope to get you back on in the future. Later, man. All right, I want to thank Hembo again for coming on the podcast. I had a lot of fun discussing Roger Maris's career with him. Um, that is all we have for you today. Please, if you don't already, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, where you listen to podcasts, follow our Twitter uh, at Pod of Fame. If you've done all that, you have done your homework. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy it. Um, enjoy your days off of work. And um, we will talk to you. On Friday, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a uh, a Hall of Fame market watch 
maybe from my phone because I'll be at my parents' house. I don't know. But we will have a Friday pod with you. If the audio's not great, apologize in advance. But we will be with you on Friday post-Thanksgiving. Be eating leftovers and listen to this pod. So have a great week. Um, take care.